0: Welcome to this Sunday message, scheduled for the 1st of January 2023. As it is the first message of the new year, I thought it appropriate to speak about following our call, finding our place, just with a few hopefully useful pointers. The title of this message is Following the Balloons. It's something that I have shared before, but I'd like to add a new dimension to it. Let's first of all read the word of God. Reading from Acts chapter 13, I'm reading from verse 1. Acts 13 verse 1. Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, The Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So, being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Heavenly Father, as we begin this new year, we pray that your word would once again be a source of inspiration, edification and direction. We pray that this word would reach us and all those within the sound of my voice. Holy Spirit, we again recognize you as always, as our teacher, as our faithful guide. Guide us through the Scriptures, Lord, and help us with these thoughts that we might build them into our lives. And we pray, Lord, that no force of darkness would interfere with this word being received into our hearts and minds. In Yeshua's mighty name. The title of this message, as I mentioned, is Following the Balloons. It is one of the aspects we deal with in our course which is about finding our calling, which, as you know, is very, very important to us in this church. It's really important that every one of us discovers what it is that God has called us to do, individually and collectively. But not only that. It's one thing knowing what we are called to do. It's another thing knowing how to go about it. And there's such a lot that can be said about that, as I mentioned, a whole course making your calling and election, sure. But the point about it is that there's a lot to it, and it's important to realize that you and I, finding our way into our calling, into our destiny, and our fulfillment ultimately in life, is a process. It doesn't just suddenly happen. And the thoughts I'd like to share this morning are very much part of that process which, if we can understand, will help us, I believe. One of the big problems with calling, as it were, when people realise that they have a calling in life, apart from finding out what it is, is the whole question, well, how do I go about it? And sometimes you might feel called to something that is so daunting, I certainly do, that you wonder, is it possible? Well, the truth of the matter, it is possible. With God, all things are possible. But you see, we need to know how to go about it. And this teaching, I believe, as we proceed into this new year, will help you and I to gradually move into that which God has called us to. As I said, the title of this message is Following the Balloons. What exactly do I mean by that? Well, this idea came about when Janet and I were involved with a retreat out at Cawarrah. It's a facility that's owned by, I think, Youth for Christ, but it's quite a big property, beautiful property, beautiful facility for conventions, etc., and is well used. We arrived there for this convention, whatever this retreat, and we noticed at the entrance a whole bunch of blue balloons. Now, quite obviously. The point was that somebody on the staff at this facility was having a birthday party. And the whole idea was, there were these balloons to indicate, here's the place. And the point is that once one got to those balloons, stopped there, and if one looked around in the distance, you'd see another whole bunch of blue balloons. Obviously, the point is that you proceed from where you were to those next set of balloons. And then, obviously, another set of balloons round the corner and on and on, until eventually you come to the place where they were holding the party. So you see, the whole process was one of following this series of balloons. One didn't arrive at the party immediately, but there was a process to get there. One didn't even see the place where the party was. But there was a process, something to help us, help a person, a guest, a visitor, to get there, you see. Someone perhaps not accustomed to that facility. Now, my point is this, you see. You and I, moving into our calling, is a lot like that. Very often, in fact, in every case, you and I have an understanding of our calling, but the details are not specified. We don't know how it's going to happen. And that's part of the plan. The point is, though, that we don't just sit around waiting for it to happen. We have to do something. And the point is that the way it works is God shows us the next step and we move on to that. You see? Now, it's only when we move to the next step that we position ourselves to see the next step. Can you see? It's a process, an unfolding process. We see that in this passage of Scripture. But even before that, when God was leading Israel out of Egypt into the promised land, it says in the word in Exodus that God didn't send them directly to the promised land. There was a direct route. But you see, he couldn't take them there directly because had he done so, When they arrived there, they would not have been prepared. This is so important. This is so critically, critically important. You see, being used by God is a process. But the process involves not just being used by Him. Very much part of it, and possibly the most important part, is being prepared by Him to be used by Him. You see, your and my vision, if it's from God, will be much bigger than what we are now, if that makes sense. And that puts a lot of people off. They think it's impossible. Well, it might be impossible if you and I try to do it immediately. But that's not the point. We need to be moving towards it. And the process is one of going to the next stage. Being at that next stage And then while we're there, as it were, the next set of balloons appears. See? That's what happened with Paul and Barnabas. They were busy praising and worshipping God, ministering to the Lord, a whole collection of saints, spirit-filled saints, operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, note, and the prophecy comes. Paul had been waiting for this for up to 14 years after his conversion, possibly. But the prophecy comes separate for me Paul and Barnabas for the task that I've set for them. So you see, they heard that in the Spirit. Somebody there must have prophesied that. And they prayed, fasted, they felt convinced this was the Holy Spirit. Then they laid hands on them and they sent them under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now where did they send them? Well, you see, the Holy Spirit didn't tell them right there and then, exactly what was going to happen, where they had to go. But having been sent, what did they do? They followed the balloons. If you look at the map, the place they went to is the closest port to Antioch. You see? In our day and age, if, in a sense, we were gathered together and people were sent, they realized they were sent, well, they would go to the nearest place that they could be sent from maybe an airport, if you understand. What were they doing? Following the balloons. We are sent, let's go. They went to the port, got on the ship, went through to Cyprus, and then from there they followed, as it were, the next step. Can you see that? They had no clue where they were going to end up. They had no idea what was going to happen. But they didn't sit around having had this wonderful prophecy and wait for it to happen. They got going. But what did they get going with? They got going with what they knew to do. They followed the balloons, as it were. And in following the balloons, God was able to lead them from one step to the other. In the process, if you read the book of Acts carefully, you'll see it was a learning process. They made mistakes. Things happened. But in all of it, God promoted and developed his church. You see? On one occasion, as we know, the Macedonian call, they were planning to just go around the circumference of Asia. But they were stopped in their tracks. The Holy Spirit would not allow them. And then they were called to go over to Macedonia by that vision. A whole lot of other things happened. In particular, the church at Philippi was established very influential in this day. We still have the book of Philippians, the letter written by Paul to that wonderful church years later. But what I'm trying to say is this, you see, you and I have got to go to the next step. We may not know how it's all going to unfold. In fact, we certainly won't. But each step is important in this education process. You see? At each stage, there's something new that needs to be learnt, you see. And if we are not prepared to go to the next step, we try to go directly, as it were, to our destination. We could arrive there totally unprepared. So it's very important, you see, to grasp this fact. Now, I can see this happening in my own life. This is why I understand it so well. At the very outset, I didn't have a cooking clue of what God was going to call me to. It's only been a gradual process of understanding. But you see, before I could gain that understanding, there were so many fundamental steps that I had to go through. And it wasn't just a case of reading them in a book. I had to experience them. I had to experience them. You see, many of the truths, the great truths of God, had to be built in by harsh experience. You can know things, but not really know them. Just one example, we were exposed to the faith message very early on, well, in my Christian walk. And that message has taken years to actually develop. At one stage, I regarded it if I'm very honest, as an add-on extra. Until Janet and I found ourselves in a church that was directly opposed to that message. And being in that church, our whole belief system was challenged. Now, what had been something that I'd given mental assent to, as it were, became something that needed to be investigated. It drove me into the Bible. It drove me into the Bible. The church wanted to have us up, and I read through the Word of God, got all the scriptures in my mind. I wrote a long letter to the pastor of the church. Perhaps the tone of the letter wasn't what it should have been, but I wrote it anyway. Well, they spat us out pretty quickly. But I realized something. In that whole process, what had been nebulous understanding, became concrete, and I realized just how critically, critically important it is to the Christian life. In other words, in the testing, it was built into me. Now, you see, in the natural, you might have thought, well, why have gone to that church in the first place, the last place to go to learn these things? But you see, that was God. We went there, we followed the balloons to that church for one reason or another, and there in that place, a great truth was cemented in my heart. And that cementing of that truth has been vitally important to everything else that's happened in my life and in the ministry. But you see, that was not the only, as it were, pillar. There were many others. The things I had to learn about praise, about worship. The things I had to learn about, as it were, church. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, etc., etc. And you see, looking back, I realized that God took me to various institutions, various places, through various ministries, all the time building one precept after another into me. Can you see? By following the balloons, without realizing it, God was preparing me. God was preparing me. Many of our course material and our teachings come from all these experiences, hard-won revelations, you see. This revelation on the importance of our calling is just one of them. But the point is, that understanding... I did not have it at the beginning. I couldn't have it at the beginning. You see, I had to go through the process, and can I say, sometimes very painful process, of discovering various truths, various bits of information, revelation, that God wanted me to have. You see, that would not have happened had I just gone to a Bible college, studied the Word, and been posted out into some ministry or other. So I want us to understand something. It's very important to realize where we're at and that God's got another stage ahead. We've got to look out for the balloons. We will only find the next set of balloons if we've gone to the first set. That's common sense, isn't it? You see, but there's always another door that opens. Now, that's the one side of the story. There's something else I need to say here, which is, in a sense, to balance this whole teaching out. You see, we're not suggesting that you and I just wander through life and breathe into every door that opens. You see, there's a big danger in that. I believe this is a cautionary message for this year ahead. There's a big danger in that. Yes, we can expect open doors. But let me just say something. The devil is also a master of opening doors. And very often it happens that you and I, in this situation, come across an open door. And the big mistake that many Christians make is they think, because this door is open, it must be God. It must be God. We've got friends, beautiful couple that we've known for many years. They, some time back, won the green card lottery. Now, what that is, is the United States puts out, in a sense, a lottery that People can enter in and the lucky winners, so to speak, get a green card. A green card is free access into the United States. A visa to go and live in the United States. They budget for so many people throughout the world for the interests of diversity, I don't know what. Anyway, this couple put this request in and lo and behold, against all odds, they won. So here they had an opportunity, a door opened for them to go to America. What was the immediate conclusion? Must be God. Must be God. They did a bit of research. They found out that the industry he was involved with was in high demand at that stage in the United States. So they thought that's it. They shared this with the church that they belonged to, the church all said yes. They even prophesied over them that God is leading them to the promised land, etc., etc. Lo and behold, a few years later, having suffered terrible devastation as a family, in many ways, financially, spiritually, etc., they actually came crawling back to South Africa. Fortunately, managed to put things together and get going again. Now, what is my point? The door opened. You see? They could have said, oh, follow the balloons. The balloons are there. But it wasn't gone. And I think, in a sense, although they probably learned from the experience, it set them back as a family in some respects, forever. But anyway, my point is this. You and I have to be cautious. Just because a door opens does not mean that it is, so to speak, a balloon. Sometimes, can I just say, it looks like the door isn't open, but we know that's where we have to go and we have to kick the door down. Please understand, the last thing the enemy wants the enemy of your and my soul wants is for you and I to fulfill our call on this earth. That spells disaster for him. And he'll do anything to stop it. As I've said before, one of his greatest weapons is distraction. Getting people subtly of course. So now what do we do about it? How do we know whether this is a balloon that we must follow or a trick of the devil? We need discernment. We have to follow the Holy Spirit. But here are a few pointers that I believe you and I can just bear in mind that will help us. The first question we need to ask ourselves is, does this fall in with my great call in life? You see, and it assumes that you and I know that. I can tell you this couple didn't know that. They didn't know what they were called to do on this earth. And if you and I don't know what we are called to do on this earth, we can assume that any door that opens is now the way. There's the danger of that. My point is, though, if we have an understanding of the general direction, what it is overall that we are called to do, you see, then we can discern Is this direction in line with that great core? Does it line up? Can you see? As I said, if we don't have an understanding of that core, we can end up wandering through life, being distracted from one thing to the next, and literally get lost in the wilderness, serving God, or so we think. And it's happened. It's happened to many people. So, the first thing is we have to first know what we call to do. Can I just say that for myself personally, a lot of doors, in a sense, are open? A lot of doors are open. But for me, they are not the way forward because it does not line up with my call. I know it. It will be devastating to my call and it will set me back another 10 years which I can't afford right now. You see, we've got to know our core, right? We've got to have an understanding. Now, that doesn't mean we have to have all the fine details, but we need to know the general direction, you see. And when things come up, we can align them with what we have in our heart, deep in our heart. And if it doesn't gel in our heart, we have to be very cautious. The second thing that you and I need to understand is this. We're not doing this thing on our own. You'll notice in this passage of Scripture, they were ministering to the Lord. A prophecy came forth. It was a joint effort. They were sent by the local body. They could not have been sent had they not been part of the local body you see, sent by the Holy Spirit, that is. They could have sent themselves. They could have sent themselves. But you see, this call came through the body of Christ, connection. So you see, when you and I face a situation where a door opens, as it were, what we perceive could be balloons to the next level or the next stage. What is so critically important is to make sure that it is something which is understood and promoted by the body of Christ. There must be confirmation coming through where we are connected. That's critically important. That's critically important. And you see, very closely associated to that is the understanding, if I follow this balloon, What effect will it have on my covenant partners? How will it affect them? Will I be promoting what we all stand for, you see? Very important that. There's many a story out there of people who were busy with the church and in a community, and then a job offer comes in another city, in another state in America, whatever. Another job opportunity comes up, and it's going to earn a few more dollars, a few more rand, whatever. And then, without thinking about it, because it seems to be a good opportunity, off they go. There's a story of that, where somebody just took a job opportunity, went to another place, uprooted from the body of Christ to which they had been attached for many years, went to another place, they didn't have church to go to at all. They didn't think about that. And as a result of that, they backslid, lost their salvation. My point is this. Not that you and I can't move to another state or another place. Please, God's got people that he needs everywhere. But a consideration before you and I take another step How is this going to affect what God has done with me and for me and through me with my covenant partners? Very important to bear that in mind. And finally, something that is really the final test in a sense is do I have peace about this? Do I have peace about this? I'm not talking about sounds good, feels good, let's go. No, I'm talking about internal peace. Just a knowing. The Bible speaks about the peace of God being the umpire of our souls. Umpire is the person on a tennis court who sits in that stand and looks down and if there's a fault or possible fault, Umpires umpire's got to decide, you see. And we've got to be so sensitive to the peace of God in our heart. Sometimes things come along the way, and it looks good. It looks so good. What we've got to ask ourselves, do I have a peace about this? Do I have a peace about this? And you see, if we don't have that peace in our spirit man, maybe it's not God. I remember as a young man called to the ministry, I knew it, and you see, logically, I thought, well, if you call to the ministry, what you've got to do is go to Bible college. The church I belonged to had a Bible college down here in South Africa, and they offered a course, a two-year course, for people from the church who wanted to go into the ministry. And I thought, well, that's obviously what I must do. I came down to the convention that they had. I spoke to the people there. I was interviewed by the person in charge of the Bible college, and they said, no, great, we want you to come. You're open to come. I went back to the small village in which I lived up in Zimbabwe at the time, and I just didn't have a piece about it. I just did not have a peace about it. I knew very little about the call of God, about the kingdom of heaven, about ministry, about anything. I knew practically nothing. But I just didn't have a piece about it. I wrote a letter to the overseer. I said, thank you very much for accepting me. But the words I used is, I don't really feel I'm ready for it, which actually was very true. I was not nearly ready enough, spiritually or emotionally, for the ministry. Do you know that looking back after 20, 30 years or so, I consider that one of the wisest decisions that I ever made. I know many people that went to that Bible college to this day are out of ministry. Some of them were great. The Bible college was good, wonderful people running it. But the system actually placed constraints on people, posted them to remote villages, whatever, Didn't understand that not everybody is called to be a pastor. Didn't understand that there's a wide variety of ministries. I had to learn all of this. But even though the door had opened, it seemed the right thing to do. I was young. I needed training. I needed education. And yet somehow I just knew. And to this day, let me just say, God's taught me more than I would ever have ever learnt in that Bible college through experience, through studies of my own, input of other people, on the job training, so to speak. Placed me in a position head and shoulders above many of those men that I know of. What am I saying? We have to move with God. There's a lot of work to be done, and God needs all hands on deck. But to be as effective as possible, you and I must tap into that which God has called us to. It's a process. It's a process. As I've said, quite painful at times. At times. But that process is a series of moving from one level, one position, to another. You see, the whole purpose is training. And the truth of the matter is, in those various stages, the sooner we learn our lessons, the better. Then we can move on. Israel took so many years. They took a test after 40 years and they failed it. <laughs> Guess what? Back into the wilderness for another 40 years. The whole generation had to die out. God's standards are very high, did you know that? I know people that are at one level and they just refuse to learn the next lesson. Small example, there's a man we know, he's been a Christian for longer than I can remember. He used to be part of the church, but he refused to get baptized. Just refused. You see, that was God's challenge for him. That was the balloon, so to speak, he had to follow. Until he followed that balloon, the rest of his ministry on this earth would never take place. And it hasn't taken place. His life, to a large extent, as far as I know, we've lost touch with him. But the last I knew was bordering on disaster. So I'm encouraging us, this year that lies ahead, let's be progressive, let's move forward, but move forward with caution. Not every door that opens, remember, is necessarily God. Sometimes the door that we know is God, we have to kick it down. But all the time, at every stage, balance that out with outside input from covenant partners, an inside confirmation. Peace of God in our spirit man. I pray that this year will be a prosperous one for everybody. That we will move forward individually and collectively. And that we as a church will do great exploits for God. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen.